back, everyone, to episode two of Spy Curious. Yay! Woo! Woo! Um, for those of you just joining us, I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody's just joining us because it's episode two. Um, my name's Juliana. And I'm Mark. And we're going to be reading to you all the very exciting and insightful novel that my stepfather wrote. I was wondering why I was here. <laughs> it's called The Incident at Mauna Kea. Um, yeah, my stepfather's retired, pilot, also plays a bit of guitar, loves to set up uh, lighting sequences thanks to you in his spare time now as well. Guilty as charged. And he's brought in now his skill set to include... Um, novelist and writer. And last week we uh, we covered the first chapter, where uh, an unnamed spy returns to his enclave. <laughs> <laughs> By and the way, Mark is clearly Dutch, so many of these words will be very foreign to him. My apologies already. Enclave. Um, where he passes out from hypothermia and then almost get killed by the dog Baxter, who drugs him even more. Who's a very stealth, and I feel like going to be a very important character in this book, a very stealth and um, as well a top secret spy, uh, and a German shepherd, and a female. Named Baxter, and now we're going to start chapter two. Take it away, Juliana. Yes. Chapter two. Reconnaissance. She ran like a flash down to her bunker. The like like a flash or the flash? No, like a flash. Like a flash. Like All right, I was, I, was, I was picking up on a, on a reference here, but that's not there. Okay. The agent followed her as she sat excited in front of the entrance to the shed. The shed looked very much like a dog shed. I didn't know the so, word dog so hold, shed. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So she has a bunker, which is her home, but there's also a dog shed. But she doesn't use that? I'm very confused. She ran down to her bunker, but then she sat excitedly in front of the entrance to a shed that looked like a dog shed. But my thing is, what does a dog shed look like? I know dog houses. I'm, I'm very confused. So she she does not have a bunker? She has a shed now. She has a shed and a bunker? No, she ran she ran down to her bunker. But then she sat in front of the shed. Yes, she said, oh, she was insidely in front of the shed. Okay, so, so she ran to the bunker and then... Say that 10 times fast. She rented a bunker, she rented a bunker, she rented a bunker. No, not that. She sat in front of a shed. <laughs> <She's> <laughs> <had> a... <laughs> um, and so she came back out and then they went outside and now they're waiting in front of a shed? No. She ran to her bunker and sat in front of a shed. That's what we've got. Wow. There's no hint that she went inside anywhere. Okay. So she ran down to her shed. The difference being a front entrance and a back entrance with a computer screen and console table attached. This structure served many purposes, but tonight, as every night, this time, they would need to be camouflaged. I thought she was jet black with a black backpack or whatever and was therefore already pretty much invisible at night. Um, they could be in the snow, in which case black against white is not going to work so well. At night, I don't know. Hmm, we'll see. The agent sat at the console as a slow, whirring treadmill presented itself at the entrance to the shed. She hopped aboard and began a slow walk, which worked up to be a slow, comfortable trot. The entire treadmill moved itself into the entrance of the shed, and both entrance and exit were shut. I am so confused. 
I am so confused right now. Hold on. Okay, so I, I guess I'm going to have to forget about the bunker because she ran to her bunker, but that that's she's not in the bunker. She's so in a shed. She's in a shed. They're, they're in a shed. So there's a shed. I don't know if it's in the enclave or outside of the enclave. I don't know. So let's assume it's outside of the... No, let's assume it's inside of the enclave because there's a treadmill in there. No, and, so... And a computer screen oh, I think you're right. and, and consoles and everything. Seems to me is they're trying to get into the shed. When you get there... You're outside, these screens pop out, and this treadmill pops out, because they just said that the treadmill takes you into the entrance. I don't really know why it's a treadmill. That part I'm confused about, why you're basically running in place to get through the entrance, but fine. The agent sat at the console, a slow-wearing treadmill presented itself at the entrance to the shed. So it's like they need to get on the treadmill, they need to work out in order to be able to be allowed into the shed. <laughs> so you need to work out before you can enter. We need that at our front door! <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Shinky and Lazy are overweight, so... I think... For those who didn't don't know us, we have two dogs and um, uh, small dogs. We recently went to a vet with them, and they were both diagnosed with being slightly overweight, even Not though diagnosed. even though we feel they're not. Well, a treadmill at the door would fix that. A treadmill at the door would <laughs> fix that. Okay, so so there's a shed. There's there are screens attached to the shed. There is camouflage in the shed that you can wear, or you know you can change your outfit while being in there. I assume. So it's basically a walk-in closet named a shed with a treadmill in front of it that you need to be on before you can get in. Well, if you're saying it's a walk-in closet, this would make a lot of sense. I feel like a lot of models could get like, use out of this. So so yeah, so <laughs> a new concept, you have a walk-in closet, but before you can get in the walk-in closet, you have to get on the treadmill. I could do that. That works. I works would, I, it would give my motivation. All right, all right. I have that mental image. Okay, okay. keep going. The entire treadmill moved itself into the entrance of the shed. And ah. Both entrance and exit were shut. <laughs> so you're on the treadmill. You're in front of the, the the shed. You start walking. The treadmill moves, which basically feels like you're walking forward kind of thing. But you move in there. And then when you're in there, while you're walking, the treadmill is there moving around. Okay. And the entrance is shut. Okay. I hope that has a good purpose. Baxter was in a car wash of sorts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Just let it, let that sink in for one minute, please. I, oh, I was already. I gotta, I gotta admit, I did not see that one coming. <laughs> and you can also tell that we have clearly not read this ahead of time. We are reading this along with you now. Okay. <laughs> so she. <laughs> She's she's on a treadmill in a shed getting washed. No, but now this makes sense because now it's like when we go to the car wash and you have to go in and you put your car on the conveyor belt and it takes you through the car wash. Yeah, but that's a conveyor belt <laughs> and not a treadmill. <laughs> this just requires a little more work, but I get I get the theory get behind it. it. Okay. I'm very okay. curious if Baxter's actually going to get a wash. <laughs> really... And if and if she shakes like a duck. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> So Baxter was in a car wash of sorts. Nozzles started to spray. Lamps came on and off. A drum of sorts started to spin around the hound. A low growl emanated from the salon. She did not like this part. <laughs> Motors hummed. Lights blinked on and off. Hydraulic actuators popped. Soap flew. Then water. 
then high speed fans whirred and stopped. I, I do get the idea that uh, writer Jim writes a, a lot of, of this sorts of stuff. <laughs> so lots of sorts, lots of sorts, and a lot of very I don't know um, scene setting. Uh, uh, scene setting words and phrases that are needed to explain what's going on when you're in a car wash. I mean, I just like this idea. I feel like it's one of those cartoon scenes, by the way he's describing it. There's soap flying and water flying and everything's going on. Like, it doesn't really feel like it's directed I, I, at Baxter. No, but I, so I get most parts. So uh, nozzles and lamps and uh, uh, what nozzles. is it? Um, but but I don't I don't get the drum of sorts started to spin around the hound. Yeah, I mean, I don't really understand that either. Maybe just to scare. I don't know. I actually, there's no real reason for that. And the motors humming and the hydra- hydraulic wow hydraulic actuators popping. Yeah, there's there's moving parts. So I mean, they're popping. I feel like it's getting to be a bit of a club in there. So flu. Yeah. Wow. Well, anyways, it sounds like Baxter's about out of this car wash. Yep. Or puppy wash, so to speak. Baxter stepped out with a low growl, looking like a giant snowflake. <laughs> 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 I was right. It was because Baxter is black and he just did white face now. So, so there was more than just soap and stuff. It was also paint. Yes, I would assume so. Either that or the soap didn't get washed out. I would love to see... A dog, a German Shepherd, looking like a giant snowflake. Well, um, they have that. They're called wolves. Yeah, but... (laughs) (laughs) Then you should just have a wolf there. But I don't really think wolves look like snowflakes, but fine. Giant snowflake. That was one giant snowflake. snowflake. (laughs) Baxter stepped out with a low growl, looking like a giant snowflake. Almost a husky without the curved tail. See, that's what I was, that's what I was supposed to say. <laughs> Jim did it for you, don't yeah. worry. Thank you, Jim. She blinked a few times and shook off the excess fake snow. He tried not to laugh. <laughs> See, she, she, she's covered in fake snow. She's covered in fake snow. <laughs> she's covered in fake snow. <laughs> so there's no pain involved. But, but she can't run and she can't really shake because that's just going to... You know, make it all go away. No, but she was just wet. I'm assuming this is almost like glued onto her. It's like if you do body glitter, you shake off the excess body glitter, but you still are completely yeah, covered. I, I have a nice image in my head now. <laughs> yes. Okay. That works for me. He strapped the white recon vest to her. Oh, he also has a, she also has a white vest. Yes. She okay. needs to blend in with the snow. Is this also a lightweight vest of sorts? Mm, nothing suggests it's lightweight yet. We shall okay. see. But it is for recon specifically. Yes. Okay. The agent flipped the switch and the hatch opened. He, in a comfortable crawl, and Nozzle leading the way, trotting down the underground tunnel towards the exit. <laughs> Did, didn't the, the, the place have just a front door they could no. get in and out of? Because I, I, know, I know there was the escape hatch that was... For Baxter, but apparently that's also for the agent. Yes. So I'm going to go back to this one. He envisioned this whole entrance that didn't exist because he was hallucinating. He then uncovers at the end of the last chapter that there's only one way in and one way out, and that's the hatch. Okay. So there was no illuminated path and everything. It was just all... 
He got you really good with that one. Yeah. Okay. No, that was all hallucination. So this is their way in and their way out. Also, why you need to be on the treadmill because you, <laughs> you cannot get through get that hatch. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot get through that hatch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They arrived at the horizontal manhole, and he flipped a switch, which activated a hundred-yard radar scan. No targets came up on the glowing green radar tube. Okay. The radar tube. That's yeah. I'm I'm okay. trying to picture that, but I'm gonna go with it. Okay. Muzzle quiet. She was stealth like in action now as they exited the cover. Because she was so loud before. <laughs> and let's just really quickly, to get silence, let's scream a command. <laughs> I think that's really going to do the trick. Yeah, that doesn't give it away. It was clear, with no moon, which was good and bad. He looked 15 feet ahead at the trotting hound, and even from such a close distance, she blended in with the snow. Both trotted down a not-so-worn path due to the fresh snow. Their trek would take them five miles along one of the main ridge lines of the huge volcano. So, so they're trying to be stealth, and they're trying to be undetected and and secretive, and they're walking in snow. Now, I've I've walked in snow. I can tell you one thing: when you've walked in snow, it's clear someone's walked there in snow. But that's only if you're very close to it. If you're far away, I'm assuming that you can't quite tell that, and that's the bigger thing. Especially if it's fresh snow. I could see someone in the snow uh, walking through the snow or has walked through the snow easily 100 yards away. Well, I'm going to go with Baxter. To be, to be fair, to be fair, so to be fair, not at night. So yeah. I'll, I'll give him that. But still, if you have a little bit of a light and you, you shine your light on the ridge, you can see when there's a path, when someone's been there. Yeah, okay. But if you shine a light on them, they're kind of SOL anyway. No, no, because no, uh, Baxter's clearly in camouflage, and I assume the agent's wearing something white as well. well nice see. dress shirt or something. At the end of this trip would be a very clear view to the north over the... Okay, I'm apologizing to all people in Hawaii now. To the Alenuana Channel... If anybody knows how to say that, please let me know. I'm sure I just butchered it, but I hope not. Muzzle was up front. James to the rear. Wait, wait, wait. James? Oh, we have a name. We have a name. Oh, yay. I didn't even realize that. That came too quickly. Unless there's a third person. No, I'm sure that that's the... Finally, that's the name of the agent. It's James and Muzzle. Wow. Muzzle was up front. James to the rear. The dog loved to run. She would ensure the agent was okay with a discerning look over her shoulder at frequent intervals. So she loves to run, and then she runs, and then she stops and waits and looks back. Yeah, like a typical dog. He's to make sure he's coming along. Well, she's doing the recon, so I'm sure she's supposed to be far enough ahead to spot danger before the agent gets there. The length of the run was no problem. Both kept in shape on treadmills. Oh, they're both running as well. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm assuming... This dog is probably a bit faster than James, but we were correct. That treadmill has a use. Both kept in shape on treadmills when the weather was prohibited of exercise. There we go. Also, shouldn't an agent be able to just run when it's bad weather as well? Like, shouldn't should that really be an issue for them? No. I can see the comfort. Riskier. I can see the comfort of then exercising indoors. Yes. But I'd also imagine it's riskier. Why would you put yourself through that every time? I'm sure he does it sometimes. True. North was dead ahead. 
the Big Dipper was visible, directly over and in front of Baxter. There was no moon. The stars, though, lit up the snow. They needed to be careful. He carried a special, undersized forty-five caliber handgun and two small stun grenades. <laughs> there, there, there was no, bothering you. Yeah, because um, there was no moon. Yeah. But didn't we establish there was no moon a little while ago? Yeah. Okay, so just... But he's just clarifying. clarifying Even though there's no moon, and, the and, stars and, are bright and, enough. And, and there was no moon, and there's still no moon. No. no. Nothing's changed. No. <clears throat> but the stars are lighting up the snow. An undersized handgun. So like a, a tiny handgun? Is that, what I'm, is that what I'm reading here? Yeah, a stealth one, I'm assuming. He's a spy. So like the one that you, as a, as a lady, put in your purse? Yes, because I just carry my undersized forty-five caliber handgun with me at all times. No, no, no. It's your everyday accessory that you fit in your purse. Exactly. It's the kind of accessory that could fit in your purse. <laughs> the kind that could, but yes. But you looked at me as if I do that. <laughs> well, considering you do not live in a place where you're allowed to carry a gun, I'm going to go ahead and say you don't. I hope not. If you do, please let me know. <laughs> they were not in the business to kill anyone, but rather to gather intelligence. The weapons were for defense and escape. That makes sense. A stun gun and a tiny gun. Yeah. James and Baxter were weapons themselves. <laughs> of course they are. By the way, I am just now getting this reference. So, Jim loves James Bond. Yes. I'm going to go with not the most creative name for the character. <laughs> the main character being named James. Yeah. Well, let's see what the last name is in a little bit. But it switched to rum. I think it's going to be... Let me mix it up a bit. Yeah, yeah, So it's definitely not James Bond. It is James' unknown last name and doesn't like martini sh shaken, not stirred, but... Rum straight rum up. Rum straight up. They traveled light, Baxter with her mission-specific backpack and the agent with his weaponized backpack. He had two barrels in the forty-five, one on top of the other. Wait, wait, wait. He, he, he has an undersized forty-five yeah. handgun, but it is double barrel. I mean, it doesn't need to be necessarily huge, but yes. Well, and on top of each other. Okay. That's a, that's a, a novelty. The upper one was a standard forty-five caliber hollow point bullet. The lower, smaller barrel was a specialized dart with a variety of chemical toxins selected by the agent. Wait, it, so it's one dart with already a cocktail in it? or yeah. Or can he select one... As he's going along thinking, well, with this target, let me go with the tranquilizer one. With this one, let me go with something else. Is that is that how you need to envision it? It's just already a pre-mixed cocktail that he specially selected himself yep. with his favorite drugs in there. Probably rum with a bit of sleep agent. With a little, <laughs> of course. And some morphine. And some morphine. <clears throat> the bullet was lethal. The dart was usually set to stun and was deliverable up to 20 feet. So, yeah, actually, so, you were correct. Yes, yes. <laughs> he, can, he can change it along. So, with this one, with this one, like, with this oh. one I just I set my tasers to stun. And with... Oh, sorry, it's not a taser. Sorry, sorry. Wrong you, reference. <laughs> keep thinking of stun guns, tasers. Jim has a vision here. Stick with his vision. He's got a dart, and he's got stun grenades. No anything else. Oh, and, and an actual hollow point bullet will, will do some damage. No. 
Stun will knock the enemy agent out almost immediately and erase his short-term memory for the last 24 hours. Whoa, hold on, hold on. So what I know from like stun guns and that kind of stuff is is you just get knocked out. So you just get a punch basically and then, uh, and then you're just incapacitated for a little bit. This one erases your memory of the last 24 hours? I mean... Wow. This advanced. This is highly advanced. Also, usually those kinds of, of, of you know, agents, whatever you want to call it, uh, uh, drugs or stuff that has an effect on you, needs to be very much calibrated to your, like, body mass and, and your build. So he's going to do that on the fly. Oh, well, this is a bit of a smaller target. Let me dial it down. Still have enough time. He's not shooting at me yet. Just... Yeah. Is, that, is that how I need to look at this? Maybe. I mean, to be honest, I'm kind of also getting the vision that he's using like Rohypnol on these people and just, <laughs> and I mean, there are many drugs that could do this, so I'm not sure, but I would imagine this is the kind of thing you need. And is now it, I'm wondering, hold wait, on. hold on. Now I'm wondering though, if he accidentally shot himself the other day and that's why he was hallucinating <laughs> and couldn't remember what had happened. He shot himself Some in the, the foot. <laughs> Also, also, it sounds like yeah, uh, uh, getting knocked out, losing your memory for yeah. a little bit. Isn't it just rum in there? Pure alcohol, maybe some tequila. I don't know. Just an insanely intense dose of yes, it. Yes, exactly. Just pure it, just, it just blacks you out immediately, and you just forget everything <laughs> from the past twenty-four hours. Like I don't know. <laughs> Blackouts don't usually quite work like that, but if only for this sake, at least it might be easier. Stun will knock out the enemy agent almost immediately and erase his short-term memory for the last 24 hours. They continued to trot. Baxter was in patrol mode. If she spotted any movement, she would stop and hug the ground so as to be unnoticed. They continued to trot. HQ needed eyes on the target. <laughs> and they trot. And they trot. And see. No. They reached the edge of the plateau and peered out over the straight... A brilliant glimmer of reflected stars reflected back. It was 11.45 p.m. Baxter at ease. The dog stayed close. This was a signal they were on a sort of lunch break. <laughs> lunch break? <laughs> at 11.45. 11.45. That's fine. And they've got their own rhythm. They've been sleeping for days. Well, you know, my lunch break today was at 11.45. I mean, a.m., not p.m., but still. So quite early. This yeah, is quite just, late. So switch it the other way around. James pulled two canisters from Baxter's mission pack. One was a time-fused small grenade. He checked it was in safe mode. <laughs> why, why, why? Hold on, hold on. <laughs> so you've been carrying this thing around for quite a while, and now you stop to check if it's in safe mode. Well, because he's pulled it out. He's disturbed it in some way. But why? my thing is, my bigger thing is, why does he need it? They've been trotting along and they've seen nothing and now they're on their lunch break and he pulls out a grenade. I yeah. don't really see the need for that no, right no, now. He pulls it out to check if it's on safe mode. I'm pretty sure he pulls it out with another use. I mean, that escalated quickly. One was a time-fused small grenade. He checked it was in safe mode. The other was more of a flask and contained high-quality rum. <laughs> he took a there shot and another. Uh, so I think the taking out... The grenade was an accident. He was going for the rum. No, no, no. I think he took out the grenade to check if it was in safe mode because he knew he was going to drink the rum and he had to be prepared. <laughs> no accidents. No shooting himself in the foot again. Exactly. He took out a packet of beef jerky from the dog pack and opened it. 
The protein was specifically designed for Baxter in large chunks. Beef jerky. Yeah. Beef jerky is specifically designed for Baxter. Yeah. It's not a commercial product. No. It's specific Baxter beef jerky. Okay, so Baxter I'm has... assuming it's just bigger pieces of beef jerky than normal and probably not like going to be teriyaki flavored or something. She chewed a few down with delight. HQ had made several flavors to her liking. Maybe actually she does get it. Maybe she, just get, maybe she does get the actual, the normal product. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nothing could be spared for Baxter. She seemed to know it, too. Silly dog was treated better than him. She was worth it, though. Extremely loyal and keen. I feel like this is setting up for, like, Baxter to turn double agent at some point. Oh, I was actually picking up a romantic vibe between the two. I don't know. I mean, or that. We haven't had any, like, typical spy action ladies entering the scene yet. But Baxter is a lady. Baxter's a lady, so Baxter's there we go. We'll see. Baxter, quiet. Because she's been chatting. She's, she's been, been chatting. so chatty. She's been so loud all evening. He was in a prone position, peering out over the strait with a pair of long-range field binoculars. She obeyed, and they both held their breath for one minute, listening. Her ears perked up. They listened. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Well, well, um, uh, living with dogs, um, I, I can tell them to be quiet. First of all, it doesn't quite work, but that's, that's, that's not the issue here. Um, I can hear as good as I want. I will never be able to hear as well as the dog. Even if we're not quiet, the dog will hear better than I can hear when everything is quiet. Yeah, obviously. I think it's a well-known fact that dogs have better hearing than humans. I know. So, so what? But if he, but I think he suspects he may have heard something, and maybe Baxter was too busy chomping on her beef jerky <laughs> to hear or to notice. Because let's be real, when dogs are preoccupied with a bit of yeah, something but this yummy, is a spy dog. Yeah, but it might be some really good beef jerky. Well, it's especially made by Beef Jerky Headquarters. <laughs> Not beef jerky. It's their headquarters. <laughs> this is a Beef Jerky Headquarters. I, I didn't see which headquarters was specified. Yes, this this book is actually about beef jerky spies. It's it's just promotion for beef jerky. <laughs> Anyways, they listened. Nothing. Well, yeah. Absolutely nothing. It was as quiet as the most distant place in a huge forest. Okay, I don't know what that means. <laughs> Wait, hold on. The, the most distant place in a huge forest. That's the center. I feel like he's going for this whole, like, the 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 big question, and the riddle. If if a tree falls in the woods and no one's there, did it make a sound? But here's the other thing. Have you ever been in a forest and, and been completely quiet yourself? It's not quiet. A forest is never it's quiet. It's not quiet. A forest is never quiet. I guess this one is. It was as quiet as the most distant place in a huge forest. Okay, so we've established it was not quiet. <laughs> but they were almost to the top of the volcano with absolutely no wind and no sound and pitch black, but for the stars. 
So not pitch black and not silent. Yeah, and and when there's no, I I give it to you. When there's no moon, it's it's quite dark. But when it's when there's no overcast, when it's yeah. It's, but he's also already bright. established that the stars light up the snow, so it is yeah. not pitch black. Exactly. <laughs> the stars are lighting up the snow, but we've also established they're in the middle of the woods, which is not quiet, or at least it sounds like that. So it's not quiet. It's not pitch black, but I will give him. There's no wind. And there's no moon. Don't don't forget. There's no, <laughs> no moon. moon. We've we've established by now for the third time there is no there's moon. There's no moon. They breathed again, and he peered in his binoculars, scanning the strait. It was midnight, straight up, and sure enough, a periscope in the straits, a Russian attack submarine, as HQ indicated they would see. <laughs> hold hold on. So, it hold hold on hold on. <laughs> Out of nowhere, a Russian submarine pops up. Or at least the periscope of a Russian submarine pops so up. So they're looking into these straits from off the top of the volcano. So into the water, like down yeah. below. The, let's be clear. The submarine is not popping up on the volcano. No, no, no. I wanted to It's not like in the got, middle of the volcano. I got that. You I see got a that. periscope. Show, I, show I got that. Yeah. I got it. So... An American spy agency knows yeah. there is going to be a Russian submarine popping up Happy in between night. the islands in Hawaii. Yep. And they just let it happen. No, that's why he's there. And it, all they do is send an agent to look on top. They don't send, I don't know, a nuclear submarine there to like show, hey guys, we're here. We know you're here. Get, get the hell away from here. No, we send a spy agent with a dog to look at it. We're playing a long game here. And and we knew it was going to be there. So we didn't actually need them to look at it because we were told it was going to be there. I don't think we have enough information to go on this, but I feel like your plan of attack might get us all killed. I don't know. We'll see. Vote, vote me for president and we'll see. <laughs> Too bad you're foreign and that's not allowed. A Russian attack submarine, as HQ indicated they would see. He took rapid-fire photographs of the conning tower from which the scope extended. So now the entire conning tower is already out of the water, so the sub definitely surfaced. Not yeah. just not just the periscope, the entire thing. It was midnight. The sub was taking star sights, and two small Zodiac boats were being deployed from its surface. In minutes, the sub was gone, and the Zodiacs were headed to the Hawaiian shore. Okay, so now we see the need of an agent to take out the enemy... That is just landing on the shores. He uploaded the video and stills to an encrypted satellite. They were instantaneously downloaded. Hold on, hold on, hold on. An encrypted satellite? <clears throat> the satellite, the physical device, was encrypted. You look at me like I should know that's crazy, but I mean, I've got no idea. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say, sure. That's not the way it works. <laughs> no, I, I, I assume now he means like an encrypted phone. <clears throat> Well, it seems to me like he's sending it off a system. To an encrypted satellite. Yeah, like he's got his <laughs> own satellite out there. Okay, sure. Why not? He uploaded the video and stills to an encrypted satellite. They were instantaneously downloaded to HQ for analysis. Well, yeah, because satellites don't store stuff. They just transport it. Exactly. They relay information. Yes. Tomorrow, they would go down to the town of Honoka. I'm really sorry again to anyone who's from Hawaii or anybody who knows how I should be saying this. 
to go to the town of Honoka on the northeast side of the big island. The two needed to intercept the Russian agents and gather more intelligence. Hold on. So they're going to wait till tomorrow. They see them land now. For all we know, they're going to be gone by tomorrow because it's midnight. And tomorrow, let's say 7 a.m., that gives them seven hours to gather stuff, get back on the boats, get back on the sub, and get out of there. But no, no, no. Well, wait till tomorrow. No, 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 no. We need to sleep. We need our beauty sleeps because, you know, we need to be good-looking as spies. Well, you never know. I mean, I'm just thinking these Russian agents, they could be going there first for a good night out, a little luau, and then a little (laughs) rum, and then... I mean, when you're on Hawaii, uh, I get it. I get it. What was this? A precursor to an invasion of the Hawaiian Islands? Why here? Why was the sub in the exact same position every night? Uh, maybe he knows that they can wait till tomorrow because this sub comes every night. And only and only once every day and therefore, yeah, he can wait till the next night before he needs to have them intercepted. Yeah, maybe they've come to shore before, maybe something else has happened. It seems like it's a regular thing, he just doesn't understand why they're there. How many foreign agents were on the island or islands? Well, I, I feel he should know that because he's been looking at them every night. Yeah, but there could be more that he's not aware of. Yeah. In other places, only one man. He can't be five places at once. If only he knew other agents on other islands. Too bad he doesn't know any other agents. He doesn't know any other agents. (laughs) (laughs) They could work together. Coordinated attacks. No, him and Baxter don't need that. Nope, it's just the two of them. He looked over at Baxter. Baxter looked back at him. She was smiling again. She loved the hunt. But she first has to wait, let's say, seven hours. Mm, yeah, but it's going to take her a while to get down there anyway. That could be the other thing. Hanukkah was a small surfing village. Tomorrow, they would be in full disguise. James as a beatnik with a penchant to smoke weed. A poor <laughs> suntanned fried ex-surfer. Baxter, a hipster funk dog. How does a German Shepherd become a hipster funk dog? She's going to get a bit of dreads. I can see it. I can totally see this one Yeah, sunglasses, you know. I'm wondering if James is actually going to be smoking weed or looking like he's smoking weed all day. Well, if he's been smoking weed all day, that again could explain why earlier he was a little bit out of it when he got back. I mean, it seems it's like... not it, really hallucinogenic, but still. I'm wondering if HQ picks his aliases or if he's allowed to pick them himself. I get the feeling he's using his liberty to pick his own. Well, what would you what would you use in, in when you're on Hawaii as a disguise to blend in? Well, I don't think that I would quite pull off the ex-surfer... No, 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 but in terms of in terms of looks, you, you don't have to actually do the surfing. You just have to look like something. Like, you can't look like a native person because you, you probably are missing some genes there. But um, but what what could you? Um, you could you go as the obvious tourist. Yeah, I'm pretty that's sure that's about all I could do. That's, that, that makes the most sense. You're a tourist. That also means that, you know, as a tourist, you can stumble into people and be like, um, hey, uh, I don't know where I am. Can you, can you help me and just... You know, strike conversation like that. So it's an easy way to to connect to people. But 
I also don't know if you're aware of this. I was about to ask you the same question, and then I looked at the shirt you're wearing, and I'm not sure if you're particularly dressed in theme this evening or if that just happens to be a coincidence. You wearing your Surfer the Bar from Hawaii shirt made out of bamboo that my mom and Jim got you when they were in Hawaii last time. Well, we do know where he got his inspiration actually from Hawaii. And I feel like you're channeling the vibes of this agent right now. This is yeah. what I think he would like to be wearing. Yeah, I'll wear my spice suit next week. That way we're fully in theme. Okay, I like that. By spice suit, I hope you mean your tuxedo. No, no, no. My spice suit. With all the gadgets in it. Oh, okay. Is it lightweight? It's 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 a lightweight vest. Of sorts. Of sorts. Hanoko is a small surfing village. Tomorrow they would be in full disguise. James is a beatnik with a penchant to smoke weed. A poor suntan fried egg surfer. Baxter... A hipster funk dog. She would be dressed in large sunglasses. I knew it! I knew it! <laughs> and a dirty Hawaiian shirt and a bandana with a modern stereo headset and a penchant to pee on everything in sight. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> this is a very, very elaborate dog. Okay. I am. I don't wow. know if this is really going to blend but, in. <laughs> but but uh, what did it have? A headset? Yeah. A she dog got sunglasses, a, sunglasses. a Hawaiian shirt, a bandana, a modern stereo headset, and a penchant to peel on everything. So, so it's, have you ever seen a dog walk around with some Beats headphones around him? I mean, I'm pretty sure on Instagram that's a normal thing. <laughs> He's going for the... Please, please send us your pictures with dogs wearing headphones. Please. This was their cover. And had to be acted out with a realistic and consistent pattern. <laughs> I have a feeling this is their cover more often. <laughs> hey, there goes the funky dog with the <laughs> headphones. <laughs> totally common here. Yeah. All the dogs have it. They blend right in. Well, I'm pretty sure it's going to be their, their go-to, go-to-town outfits. Yeah. Every now and then, this guy pops up with his dog with the headphones. Yeah, it's that guy. They would be up against tough Russian agents. A slip-up could mean their lives. He looked over. Baxter was smiling. Da-da-dun! And that's the end of chapter two. I, Baxter seems quite devious. I think she likes... She's, they say that they don't kill, but I feel like she kind of wants to. I feel like she's a bit of the rebel in the relationship here. Well, I, I feel she, she likes a challenge. So if, if it's too easy and too normal, it's not too interesting. She doesn't like the disguise, but she does like it when she needs to actually, you know, be sharp and, and, be, and when she's going to be in a dangerous situation. I think it could be true. I feel, either way, I feel we learned a lot this chapter. Well, we learned the spy's name is James. I know. Huge. <laughs> I don't know why James and the Giant Peach keeps coming back to me at, right now. It's just, I'm getting flashes of it. If a Giant Peach happens at some point, I would not be surprised. So yeah, we know his name is James. And we've also got a bit of the plot here. So there are Russian spies invading Hawaii. Well, that should uh, set up a nice confrontation later on, I think. Yeah. And not quite the dynamic you'd expect. And we also know their alter egos. I think we're learning more about them through their alter egos. We've got James, who we already knew has a, has a love for rum. But we also now see that he's going to be a beatnik with the penchant to smoke weed. And because he cannot, he cannot vary in any way from his character, 
I feel like this is also another side to him that we're going to see. And same with the funky side of Baxter. So we've got James, Funky Baxter. And Russian spies. And Russian spies. What more could you ask for? Well, chapter three, but that's going to be here next week.